Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, worship team. My <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, don't go too far. <laughs> you're our, you're the audience, Marcus. You're the, you're the, these are the few that we can have in here. So um, we need our worship team in here. I don't. I need I need lots of encouragement today. Uh, and actually, I asked Christy just as I was as we were worshiping. I just Christy and I were going through the message together, and um, I just asked her to come up. I don't know if you want to come up now or if you just want to, yeah, you can come up and we can grab a, you can grab a chair and hang out. Um, but uh, what I, I just felt like she was just to be a part of this. So this is not planned, not anticipated at all, but, um, but I just felt like she has some things to say. The mic's down there. Uh, and so I, I don't want her to miss out on this. Or I don't want you to miss out on this, I should say as we do this together. So uh, one of the things I want to say is there's been some emails that have gone out, some, uh, oh, that's your phone. Uh, There's been some emails that have gone out, some videos, and if you're not getting them, I would just ask you to email us at uh, mail at therock.org and uh, just ask to be put on the the list and we'll make sure we get you on the list it's it's the updates on c19 it's just the the things that are going on um, that we can keep you abreast of things for the church and where we're going and when the lord just puts something on our heart i think and especially in this season in this time uh, we're going to have just some touch points of getting some things out to you encouraging you in this time and strengthening you in the lord uh, as we do this together so um, also, I just want to encourage you, I did it at the beginning, but I just want to encourage you again, as we're watching this service online, uh, treat this like you're in the sanctuary. Um, don't hit the pause button and, and go out and hang out for a while and then come back. Like, let's, let's engage in this together. I just feel like, like you're going to get a lot more out of it as we just press in and ask the Lord. It's that seek the Lord with all your heart and, and you will find him. And I just feel like as we just seek him in this time, there's, there's some amazing things that the Lord has for us as a church body together. And so I, I just want to encourage you to do that as we, as we press in here. So Christy's going to go ahead. I'm just going to say something real quick. I'm looking at Facebook. So many of you are joining us on Facebook Live. So I'm just seeing all your comments and wanting to say thank you. We also have Instagram running. Luna's running that for us right now as she stepped off stage (laughs) and our sound team. Thank you, worship. But so many of you guys are making comments and encouraging each other. I just think that's so cool. I just want to say keep it up. Um, We're watching you as you're encouraging us, so we're still connected, and it's really fun to see your comments on here. We're watching Um, you in your homes, if you didn't know. Matt and Paul just stepped (laughs) off the stage, and now they're watching probably behind the stage uh, in the prayer room live. So thank you, guys. Thanks for um, commenting and and sharing um, what you're saying and what you're hearing right here on the Facebook and I'm sure on Instagram and probably on other venues. We're working on another way to get this live streaming so you can comment um, from another platform too. So we're hoping to have that up next week. That's it. Good. All right. And also, I'll just say, if, if you have a prayer request, if you want to, because now you can't, or a praise report, you can't do this now in, in the seat back in front of you. But what you can do is you can actually, you can go to our website and click on uh, just the, the prayer request link, and you can, you can type in there a praise report or a prayer request. So you can do it right there, or you can just email us at mail at the rock.org. Either way, and uh, you'll, 
and we will get back to you. And if you put a phone number in there, uh, we're gonna, we're, our plan is to call you as well, and so we can actually pray with you live uh, and over whatever circumstances are going on in your life right now. So there's a, it's interesting, there's so much the Lord has been stirring in my heart, and I know in Christie's, and we've been talking through things in our staff, with our pastors, um, so much, and I, I'm like, it's almost like overload right now. And, and then on top of that, everything that's been going on this week, it's been fires, it's been, okay, we're going to go this way, and then things change, and okay, now we're going to go this way, and then okay, things change, and now we're going to go this way. And so it's been a constant just uh, one step, like changing gears, changing and changing direction uh, over and over and over again. So um, I'm just like, Lord, you do what you want to do this morning. So let's just, let's just say, Lord... <laughs> I just pray that you would have your way, that the things that are spoken this morning, Lord, that this is your heart for us as a body. Lord, I thank you that you have been leading us. You've been guiding us every step of the way. We just say continue to do that. We don't know where we're going, but our eyes are on you. In Jesus' name. Uh, Amen. Thank you. This is my encouragement, right? I, I'm like, maybe that's why We're she's up here. Fun. I love <laughs> Luna's directing traffic so we don't block camera views. It's so fun, you guys. We're learning so much right now. Thank the Lord for technology and for so many of you that are good at it. We've got we've got like four people in the in the sanctuary here, and then three in the back. So it's it, <laughs> it's great. Um, so we are under the ten, just so you know. <laughs> so here we go. I, the title of this message this morning is Secure in the Unseen Reality. And I, and I would add in there possibly in the unseen supernatural reality. Secure in the unseen supernatural reality. And, uh, and, and let me say, the, uh, you know, we've been talking about, even in this place, about breaking down the walls of the church, breaking down the four walls, getting out, doing things outside, that this is actually not church. Church is out there. And here we are. <laughs> you guys have broken out, and we are now not in the four walls of this building. And so, in some ways, I like, this is the Lord. We've been asking for this. Now, I wasn't asking necessarily in this way, <laughs> but we have. We've been asking for this. And so, I would say, remember what we talked about, that this is the huddle. Like, this is where we gather together. What we do is, is we're getting the downloads. I'm, like, I'm praying, and I'm going, Lord, what do you have? And, and the Lord's downloading things, and we're getting the word for, for just what he has for this week. And then, and then we huddle together, and then now uh, it's like, okay, here's the message. Here's the play. And we begin to, we, I begin to give the play, or whoever's t- uh, speaking on Sunday is giving the play. And then what do we do? The, the hope is, is that we go, Break. And that we go out and we get ready and we actually execute the play. And, and I know sometimes in the, in the past, in, not in our church, no, but, and I, no, I, <laughs> in, I just want to say that our job is not to listen to the play and then go out and give high fives and say, wow, that was a great play and I can't wait for the next play. Our job is to actually execute the play. So, so I'm encouraged. I know we as a church, we're, we're doing that, but I want to encourage you to do that more, that it's not about how great the play sounds. It's actually how great it's executed. There is a big difference between how great a play can be. I can get up here and give an amazing message, and the play can be executed very poorly, and there's no impact in the kingdom. So, or I can just give a message, but the Spirit can stir your heart and that can be executed well, and that makes all the difference. So let's 
execute what the Lord is showing us in this time and in this season. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I have some of the scriptures that are going to be up, but this was kind of last minute. I actually just sent the slides over, so there's some, there's some verses on here and some aren't. So just beware, but you have your Bibles. You've, you guys should have your real Bibles because you're at home. So grab your Bibles. Uh, this is even better. Uh, and I want to start in Romans 8.28. And it says this. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And uh, this is so important that we see this, that it's those... Everything in the Bible, other than his love itself, is conditional. It's conditional on our response. And so what he's saying here is that in all these things, God works for the good under the condition of those who love him. And there's a second piece to that. And we always skip this. And I just felt like this came in last minute here. The Lord just dropped this in. And I, I, he, he was saying, look, it's not only just those who love him, but there's something about and being called according to his purpose. And here's the point I want you to see here is that there is, we need to know the will of God. And it's not, it's not the plan that he necessarily has for us. It's actually according to his purpose. And there's a difference in his purpose over our lives and his purpose. And I want you to see that the plan is actually his plan we're called to his plan, and how we engage is that is in, in that is we actually step into his plan, and then we begin to move. We begin to operate. And so we love him, and if you look at, like in John 14, it talks about, it says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. We've talked about this. Uh, but so now what it is is, okay, we love him. We obey his commands. As we obey his commands, we step into the will of God. We step into his plans, his purpose, and we, get, we begin to move forward in this. Uh, I'm going to dive into this in a little greater detail, and you just interrupt me any t- time you want. And you can encourage me anytime you want to. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> Marcus is back here cracking up. Have you? <laughs> We wives, we're smart. We have wisdom. Yes. All right. So if you'll turn to Hebrews 11, and this is another key verse. So that you're going you're to see a lot of this understanding of faith in here as we're talking about secure in the unseen reality. Listen to this verse, in, in starting in verse 1, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain or confident of what we don't see. So there's something about the unseen reality uh, that, we need, that we begin to step into here. And this is where faith kicks in. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. This is what happened when, when, uh, when Moses stepped across and, and crossed over through the, the, through the Red Sea and brought the Israelites into the, uh, into the wilderness and then how Joshua brought them into the promised land. This is, this is those that had faith in him. This is David going up against Goliath. This is Daniel in the lion's den. This is Josh, or Joshua. Um, you know, as not only does he cross over into the, into the promised land, but then he takes 31 kingdoms. And then the Lord says, now I'm going to bless you and you don't have to fight the rest of the kingdoms. But there were 31 kingdoms in the promised land that he actually had to take over, that he had to fight. And so these are the things, this is that faith where we go, God, I trust in you in the midst of what I see in the natural. It goes on to say, by faith, we understand. 
And so this is, there's two types of understanding. We can understand by what we see, we can walk by sight, or we can walk by faith. When we walk by sight, we're actually engaging in the things of this world. When we walk by faith, we're actually engaging in the unseen, the things that, but it's the unseen reality. So catch this last part because it's so cool. So it's by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Do you catch that? Like there is something so powerful in that. When God spoke and said, let there be light, when he created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing there. And what he did is he spoke what was unseen and made it seen. And it's, it's taking the unseen, it's taking the supernatural reality and bringing it into our reality. And this is where it says, on earth as it is in heaven. We actually say, your kingdom come. The unseen reality, the unseen supernatural reality, let that come into our reality. And let that actually overtake the things that we see on this earth in this time. Uh, I'll just read in the Passion, it says it this way. Now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of, of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. That part there, the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. This is making the, the unseen seen, the unseen reality seen. So if we do not have faith, it goes on in verse 6. Here, here's the, the other part we need to know. It says, without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. So it is through faith. It's through that. And what this is, and this is what I've been hitting on all week here, and the Lord's just been putting in my heart, is we have to know the will of God in this time. In this season, we can't afford not to know his will, his plans, his purposes. And then we live those things out. When we look at the, the things on TV and, and we, we look at the circumstances around us, guess what? That is not his will, that is not his plans, and that is not his purposes. What that does is it actually brings us into alignment with fear. And we're not called to operate in a spirit of fear. We're called to operate in power and love and a sound mind. Thank you, Kelly, <laughs> for that amen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, in Romans, Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of Christ or the word of God, depending on the translation you have. Uh, but this is, this is what we need to understand. We go, well, how do I, how do I get this faith? Like, how do I if, I, if I, if it's without faith, I can't please God. How do I get this faith? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Our, our best way to get faith is to actually engage in the word of God and engage with the spirit. It's, it's with in truth and in spirit that we worship God. And so there's, the two have to be combined too. You need word and spirit. And, and I would say there is no better way. So it's, I understand sometimes like we need to find out what's going on like in the world. It's, you know, you look at the news. But let me ask you this. How many of you, when you've looked at the news, 
you've watched, let's say you turn on the news, the evening news, and you watch it for an hour or so. How, do, how many of you walk away and go, gosh, I feel at such peace now. <laughs> if you do, you're crazy. Because there's no way you can watch the news, not just even now, I'm saying at any time. Like, news is never a great thing. The, there's the good news right here. We can, we can watch the good news or listen to the good news or we can listen to the news. And, and again, I know it's sometimes we need to be up to speed on things so that we're aware that we can be praying into things. But boy, when we saturate ourselves in that news, it's going to bring fear. It's going to bring unrest. It's going to bring anxiety. It's going to bring all the things that are not of God. But then my, my challenge would be, as soon as you turn off that news, ask the Lord what's his will. Get in his will, get, in, get his plan, get his purposes so you don't stick in that place. And, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I don't have this all figured out. I'm not the one going, hey, live the way I'm living. Uh, I was talking to Christy about this. I'm like, I, especially this week, I felt like I have been that like tossed and turned by the waves. Uh, I have not been the one that's been like, that's been rooted and grounded in the word and like, oh, this is okay, God, you have this. <laughs> there are days where I wake up and I'm like, help. <laughs> and then what, I, what do I have to do? I have to run to this. I have to run to the Lord and say, God, would you strengthen me right now? Would you, would you give me your promises, your truths in this time and in this season? What is your way? Um, and so I, I, it, is, it is a back and forth. I want to I share with you uh, a word, though, that the Lord gave me. This was back in July, and I think it'll just be encouraging. I, Christy read this on Tuesday. I'd forgotten about it. Uh, in, the, in our staff meeting, and this is what it said. So follow along here and, uh, and li- realize that this was, this was July of 2019, so the Lord was actually preparing us for what's right now. Um, and he said this, The days of old are past. Behold, the days of new have come. I have set you apart for this time and to operate in a new way. This is not the ways of old. Not the ways you have seen in the church's past. (laughs) Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do not look to the former things. Do not look to the things of old. For what you have, what I have for you, it's not a model. It's not a template. It is a masterpiece created by me. Look to me and only to me. Many will try and draw you to plans and to the wisdom of man. But I say woe to those who try and forsake the plans of my hands for the plans of men. Do not forsake my plans for security and sanity. It is time to move, but move with me. Worship me and know the beat of my heart, the breath of my lungs, and the sound of my voice. I am coming to you, and my breath will be in you, and it will move through you. Plans will be unveiled in my realm and in my presence, and you will see the glory released through my goodness. You will see my power. You will see my glory. Enter into my presence. Enter into my heart and explore the possibilities. Prepare hearts. Prepare wineskins, prepare the worshipers, prepare, 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 prepare the way of the Lord. I am coming. This has a lot more meaning now 
than it did back in July of last year. And it, some of those things, I was like, I don't understand this, this sanity and security. Like, yeah, we're fine. Like, everything's good. But here we are, just months later, and the Lord is actually, he was telling us, prepare, prepare, prepare. Get ready for what's about to come. I am coming. But realize that this is not just the enemy attacking and shutting down the church. This is actually something, the Lord was just encouraging me in this. We're going to learn some new things in this time. And we need to be so aware and so alert to the things that, the, that God is showing us by his spirit in this season and in this time. So I would encourage you, this is not the time to hunker down. This is the time to go big. We're, we're going all out. We're going to shine like stars in the universe. We're going to hold out our, the, the word of life as it talks about in Philippians. We are going to be the ambassadors of Christ. This is our time to actually shine in this season. So uh, get ready. So we will not be in fear. Do you want to say something? Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so... I, I, I'm not going to share, I don't think I'm going to go through this whole word, but, um, but there was two days ago, you know, we've been in this time, if you didn't know, uh, we've been in this three days of prayer and fasting, and, uh, and it's been such a sweet time. Um, it was either Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for some, or it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday for some, but um, I was in the second day of fasting, and, and I went to bed in that place of not, not great in my heart. I was, my head was spinning, I couldn't sleep that night. Um, just all this stuff, thinking through things, trying to process things, trying to figure things out in my own way and in my own thoughts. And, and it's that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our thoughts as the, as the heavens are from the earth are his ways from our ways. He's basically saying, how high are the heavens? How, high is, how low is the earth? That's how different his ways are from our ways. And, and so we have to understand that mentality. But I was, I was more looking at my ways. I was not looking at his ways when I went to bed. And you were, uh, you were in a bad way. I was in a bad way. I was asleep. <laughs> Christy was there. She was sleeping, but I was kind of waking you up and yeah, like, yeah. talking about things. Well, and you're just like, to give you insight into it, this is fun. Let's yeah, not too much information. Well, just the <laughs> dynamic is that I'm ready to go to bed because it's, was it midnight, I think, at it that point? It was past midnight. So yeah. I've got a pillow over my head because the lights are on in our bedroom. And Mike is, is, is researching like things I don't know all kinds of things so he's tapping on the bed while he's typing information and he's hearing from the Lord but he's also getting frustrated about just how quickly this yeah. is affecting people and homes and I don't jobs. think I was hearing from the Lord that night well there's time <laughs> so that's the dynamic that's going on you can keep going with okay. your story now so I I the Lord just woke me up the next morning I got up early and and I love it when he does this. So I was in my second day of fasting now. And, um, and there's something about the fast where it just kind of sh shuts down. Your mind doesn't function as well, uh, which is a good thing sometimes because we're trying to process things in our own way. But, but when we fast and when we pray, it actually resets us in alignment with him and out of the things of this world. Because we're, what we're doing is we're denying the things of this world. And it was hard. Three days of not eating anything. And you're like, oh, like that, that looks really good. I was there. We had some like biscuit mix out front here in the, in, the, in the foyer, pancake mix. And every time I'd walk by, I'd see that pancake mix. And I'm like, oh, I want pancakes in the morning. I mean, it was, and I don't eat pancakes like barely ever. But it was, it sounded so good. 
but it's that when we fast, we actually, we deny things of ourselves, and we deny the things of this world, and it actually, it helps to just set ourselves apart unto him. It's that consecration of setting ourselves apart unto the Lord. And so there's a word out there, you can, hopefully you can get it, it's on Facebook, um, but it was just, the Lord just downloaded this thing. I woke up with the words, it's our finest hour. And he just began to download this thing. And it ended, I do want to share this, it ended with this. And uh, I'll just say these last few sentences here. It says, the, uh, people will say, in the ti- say the times are bleak and the days are short and the end is near. But know that your end will never come. For you are with me and will always be with me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Take my peace and use it as a cloak to surpass the trials. I will cloak you with grace that strengthens you and give you my peace. And then he said this, this is the day, the day that the Lord has made. Will you not be glad and rejoice in it? And he asked that question and and I was praying about it. I'm like, Lord, what is, like, that seemed like a left-hand turn there from where we, what you were showing me. Um, but I just saw, sometimes we look at, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We look at those days as the good days. And, uh, and we go, oh, it's a great day. Lord, we rejoice in those days. But when it's a bad day, we actually don't rejoice in those days. But let me say, every day that you wake up, every morning that you wake up, it is the day that the Lord has made. And our job is to actually engage to say that we will rejoice in it. We'll actually step into the will of God and we'll move forward in those things. And in that, we will rejoice. We'll go out with joy. We'll be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth before us. There'll be, yeah, anyway, you know that scripture. That's in Isaiah 55. But it's, so this is, and then, so I went to Psalm 18 24, and then this is what the Lord had. So this is that verse. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And then he says this, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What's he saying there? Blessed is he who comes in the way of the Lord, in, in the plans and the purposes of the Lord. So when you know the will of God, blessed is he who comes in the will of God in the name of the Lord. And then he says, we bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. And so there is something so powerful in this that when we understand we walk in his ways, we're blessed, and then what happens is the glory of the Lord rises upon us. We rise, we shine, and his glory comes upon us. And that's where it says there's darkness over the the earth and there's thick darkness over the people but his glory, it actually rises upon us. This is the time that his glory will rise upon us. Uh, yeah. I want to move through. There's a few more things I want to hit here. Um, in this trust, let me just say, we are, if you, we're just in Hebrews 11, the first part. I want to take you back just to the five verses before that. So it's Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. And I think we do have this up on the screen. So you can, you can follow along with this. Um, there it is. So look at these words here. And this is that, it says, so do not throw away your confidence. And, and in the NLT, it says, in the confident trust. And it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. We need to persevere in this time. There is a perseverance that we're required to step into. Why? 
so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised you. So it's, there is a, we do the will of God, and then in that, there is a promise, there is a, uh, there's an inheritance that comes in that. Uh, it goes on to say, for in just a little while, he who is co- coming will come and will not delay. But check this out. And but, oops, and but, I think it's just, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and are saved. So we're the ones that have faith. We're the ones that walk in faith, and then we operate doing the will of God, and in that there are promises that we receive. Um, I want to just touch on faith for just a moment here because sometimes we go, man, we just need more faith. We need a little bit more faith. If we could have a little bit more faith, we would get there. I want to counter that and say, actually, you don't need a lot of faith. You barely need any faith. But what you have to be careful of is combining fear with faith. You cannot combine fear with faith. Uh, The two, it's like oil and water. It's of two different kingdoms. And so when you combine, combine fear with faith, it actually shuts down faith. And I'll show you this. This is the cool part. So we don't have to raise our faith. What we have to do is shut down our fear. And this is, we do this by actually strengthening ourselves in the Lord. If you go to Matthew 8, um, it talks about this. There's this story of uh, 8.25, sorry, um, where Jesus is in the boat. You guys all know the story, right? And he says this in verse uh, 25. It says, the disciples went and they, they woke him up. And they say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. How many of us feel like we've ever been in the middle of a storm and we're about to drown? <laughs> okay, we've got a few in the audience. <laughs> Brian, nope, not him. <laughs> Come on, Brian. You've got to join in here. <laughs> uh, so I, I think we've all been in that place, right, where we feel like we're, we're about to drown and we're like, Lord, save us. And what does Jesus say? He goes, oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And, and sometimes I think this has been misinterpreted. Like you of little faith means that you need to have a lot more faith. And if you had more faith, then you could actually, you would be okay and you could calm the storm. But let me, let me show you something that, uh, that counters that. So now jump to forward to Matthew 17. And this is when uh, you have this boy, and he has a demon in him, and the disciples try to cast out the demon. And they can't. They can't cast out the demon. And what happens is uh, they go to Jesus, and and, uh, they're like, hey, I brought him to the disciples, but they could not heal him. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. What's he saying there? He's not saying, hey, you don't have enough faith. He's actually saying there's an unbelief which comes from fear in that. And I want to I stop there. And let me go back and say that definition, when you look it up in the Greek of, of little faith, it's the, uh, it's, oh, I'm going to butcher the Greek here, but it's oligo uh, pistos. Um, and pistos is faith and oligo is, is a little bit or few, um, few faith. But Actually, in Strong's definition, what it means is it's the little faith is it's someone dull of hearing the Lord's voice or disinterested in walking intimately with him. 
So now, instead of, oh, you of little faith, it's, oh, you who are dull of hearing the Lord's voice. Oh, you who are disinterested in walking intimately with me. Those are the ones that actually, (laughs) that's the problem right there. It's not that you didn't have enough faith. It's that you're disinterested in walking intimately with, with Jesus. It's, it's that you, you're hard of hearing the Lord's voice. It's that you're not understanding the will of God. I see this over and over that like people will go in and they'll pray for people, but they'll pray before they actually understand the will of God. And so they're not praying God's will over a situation. What they're doing is they're praying their thoughts into a situation. And especially when they're praying in a place of fear, I'm always like, oh, Lord, just help just give peace in that as as i hear people praying and they're praying oh god we pray that no more of this would come near us and that but they're praying out of a place of of a spirit of fear instead of power love and of a sound mind and that sound mind actually comes from knowing god's will so our what we need to do is we need to understand the will of god and then we begin to pray and what it does is actually releases his kingdom power into a situation um it goes on to say here, so Jesus says, you unbelieving or perverse generation, he goes, um, this is why you couldn't drive, drive it out, because you have so little faith. Again, what that word is, is because you are dull of hearing the Lord's voice or disinterested in walking intimately with him. So, and then it says, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here and it will move to there. It will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus is saying this, look, you don't need a lot of faith. You need this much faith. But what you can't have is you can't have fear combined with faith. There's a scripture in Matthew 6:24. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot operate, you cannot shake the hand of fear which, which Jennifer Toledo says, if you shake the hand of fear, you're actually shaking the hand of the devil. You cannot shake that hand and then also try to operate in faith at the same time. So you shut down the fear, and how do you shut down the fear? Is you begin to engage in the word. You, this is that Romans 12 too. You don't conform to the pattern of this world. What's the pattern of this world? Fear. But you're transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's perfect will is. So do you see this? Where when we renew our minds in the word, when we get into his presence, we say what we're doing is we're actually strengthening ourselves in the Lord. And we're saying, okay, God, I need your understanding. I need your will that you would show me your will. This is his will. We have his will. And we have his spirit on the inside of us. And when we listen to his spirit, it says his spirit reveals all truth to us. So we have this ability to actually engage in a greater way of knowing his will. And then we walk in it. And so now, once you have his will, now it removes fear. Now it doesn't matter how much faith you have. You're going to begin to move mountains because you're walking without fear. You remove fear and you've removed the unbelief from the situation. And now with the little faith you have, by his grace, he's the one that empowers us. He's the one that does it. It's not by our strength. It's not by our power. It's not by our might. It's by the Spirit, says the Lord. And so it is by His Spirit, and it's a Spirit of grace that we have the the faith to actually move mountains. 
but we can move mountains. I want to, if we catch this, if we can remove fear from our lives and we can operate in that faith, knowing his will and stepping into things, we're going to start to see mountain moves. Mountains move in this place, I promise you. We're going to see things shift like never before. And this is the time that we need to see these mountains shift uh, and these mountains move. 1 Peter 4, 7 says this, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Catch that because that's, this is what I'm trying to say here. It's just in another way. I'm hitting it from another angle. You need to be clear-minded and self-controlled. What is that saying? You need to understand the will of God. It's that clear mind. It's that self-controlled. It's Self-control is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit. So when we walk and are led by the Spirit, we know His will, then we can pray. Then we can enter in and actually we can pray and have a powerful prayer. Uh, I want to show you, there's a really cool scripture that ties into this um, somewhere. It's in 1 John 5. Um, I think I can find it here. Lord, where is it? Ah. Um. (laughs) Here it is. So I don't think this is up. I don't, look at that. It's already up on the screen. You guys are good. (laughs) I'll just read it from there instead. Um, So it says this. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. So catch this. This is the confidence we have. This is the faith, not unbelief. This is the belief we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, what? According to his will. So we get his will, and now when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have whatever we ask of him. We will move mountains. It's such a cool scripture. Uh, so we can, and guys, we can stand on these scriptures. We can hold to these things. These are, these are truths that we can stand on, uh, that we, we strengthen ourselves in this. There's another, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, again, it says, be self-controlled and alert. What is he saying? We're in a battle. We're in the battle right now. So know the will of God in this. Know your position. Know where you're supposed to be. Why? Because the enemy, the devil, your enemy, the devil. So he clarifies. Who's your enemy? The devil. (laughs) He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's the thing. There is a roar of a lion. His whole tactic is fear. If you, if you look at this, as we talk about two kingdoms, there's, there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world. In the kingdom of God, the whole th- it's, it's all based on faith. In the kingdom of this world, it's all based on fear. So you have these two counter things here. There's fear and there's faith. When we operate in fear, we're actually engaging of the things of this world. When we operate in faith, we're actually engaging of the things of the kingdom. And so he's saying, look, be self-controlled and alert. We're in a battle. We need to walk, operate in faith and not in fear. Why? Because when the devil roars, 
if, we, if we're in this place of fear, our emotions are going to go crazy when we hear the roar of the lion. And we're going to scramble. And we're going to do things that we probably shouldn't do. Um, it's like if you were, <laughs> we were saying, like if we are going for a walk in our neighborhood and, and all of a sudden you hear behind you a roar of a lion, you're going to do things that you probably wouldn't normally do. <laughs> and run full speed ahead, right? But if you know that that lion can't touch you and can't harm you, when there's a roar of the lion, it's not going to phase you. You're going to continue to walk, and you're going to walk in the things that you're supposed to walk, and you're going to do the things you're supposed to do. The lion will roar. <laughs> Mark my words. The lion will roar. The question is, how are you going to respond? Are you going to respond with emotions coming up and, and, and act towards that roar? Or are you going to say, no, I know my place in the Lord. I know his will, and I'm not going to operate in a spirit of fear. I'm going to operate over here in that trust and that belief and that faith. I want to end with this longer story here. Uh, we'll probably close in about 10, 15 minutes here. And, uh, but I, I want you to see the, the story of David. Um, and this is right before he becomes king. And so this is in 1 Samuel 30. And, uh, and, and there's three points in here that I want you to catch that really tie into what we've just been talking about. Christy, you, if you want to, if there's anything you have. All right. So, um, so let me say the first part. So in 1 Samuel 30, and you guys just jump, jump in with your Bibles here and mark this up. Like, this is so good. Um, we can learn from these, these people, from David and uh, from Joshua and Caleb and from Daniel and from Joseph. And like, we can learn so much from them. And there's so many great things that, that they did here. Um, but the first thing that, that David did, so, so here he is, he's coming back. He was actually, he was going to fight with the Philistines. And they're like, no, we don't want you to fight with us. We don't trust you. <laughs> Because you're not a Philistine. And so he sends David and his 600 men back. And they go back to Ziglag. And what happens is they, they get close to their, where they are, to where their tents are and where their village is. And they realize that the Amalekites had actually come in and destroyed their village. They burned everything. And they had taken their families and, and, um, and taken all of their goods and belongings and, and left. And so they get back and they look at all of this and they're devastated. They're at the place where they're like, it's, it says, And David and his men, they came to Ziglag, and they found it destroyed by fire. Wives and sons and daughters, they were all taken captive. And, and David, it says, he was greatly distressed. Imagine if this was you. Here you are. You're leading 600 men, and you're like, hey, guys, come on. We're going back here. And everything is destroyed. Everything is turned upside down. And, and what does David do? And this is, this is how amazing David is in this, is that instead of taking the roar of the lion and actually running and screaming and, and, and operating in a spirit of fear, what he does is he operates in, in a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He comes in, he says, okay, God, I'm going to strengthen myself in you. And if you know the Psalms, I'm sure what he did is he came in, he got into a place of worship. He got into a place of praise. He got into a place of knowing who he was and knowing the promises over his life. So he knew he was called to be king. He knew who his Lord was. He knew his, his Lord was a refuge and a strong tower in this time. And I'm sure this is the time when he declared it because his circumstances would say differently, right? 
but in that he strengthened himself. It's the first thing that he did. And I want to show you, I believe we're talking about this. Christy brought this up actually that um, that example in Romans, uh, in Romans 4. Do you want to just speak to that? Oh, about Abraham? About Abraham. Yeah, yeah. just the idea that um, it referenced Abraham and when he had the promise from the Lord that the Lord would give him a son and that he, um, basically he strengthened himself in the Lord to believe the promise even though it looked impossible. And that we look back and we, Mike and I were saying, how did David learn this? And we truly believe he, he knew these stories of his forefathers of, of calling on the Lord looking to the promises of the Lord over his life and then taking courage from that, reminding himself of all the things the Lord's done. And we see David does this in his Psalms where he says, you're the God that crossed us through the Red Sea on dry land. You're the God who brought manna from heaven. And he strengthened himself, reminding himself of who God is and what he's accomplished throughout history, not just in his own life, but for so many others. He said, I know who God is and I'm building myself up in the Lord. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so you can look at that. It's in Romans 4, 20 and 21. And it just says how Abraham, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. So what he did is he didn't have unbelief. So there was no unbelief there. Uh, but he actually stood on the promise. He said he, st- and, but was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. What he did is he began to praise God. And so when we have fear, one of the best things you can do is begin to glorify God, begin to exalt God in those times, and it will remove fear from your life, and then you can operate in faith, in a place of faith. Um, so that's another thing. You worship, you get in the Word, you get in His presence, and then you begin to know the will of God, and then you begin to speak the will of God in prayer, and God begins to move. He begins to do the work. Uh, another thing is, as you see, that right before this, a few verses or chapters before this, in 1 Samuel 23, Jonathan actually strengthened David. He came alongside David. And I want to encourage us that there are times where, man, we actually can't strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We're just not at that place where we can do it. And so we need someone to come alongside us. And this is where the body of Christ comes in. And when, so, when one is down and one is hurting, we don't go down there and wallow in their stuff. But what we do is we pull them out. We say, come on. You're going to come out of there, and let me, sh- let, me, let me speak the word of God over your life. Let me, we have 7,000 promises that we can actually speak over someone. If you're like, well, I just don't know the will of God, grab your Bible, pick a good verse, <laughs> something in the Psalms maybe, but, but begin to speak those things over, over people. Like These are the promises of God that we can actually encourage each other with. So memorize these things. Memorize these scriptures. I'll tell you, there's a few that, that are kind of, like the Lord just puts, has put on my heart over and over and over again. And one of them is James 1, 2. It's that consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind because the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance. And it's that perseverance that actually brings you into a place of maturity so that you lack nothing. But, but, and, it, and I think sometimes people don't want to hear it. They're like, oh, I'm struggling. I'm like, well, count it all joy. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. But this is why there's a testing right now of your faith. Strengthen your faith. Get yourself in faith. Get it out of that fear and unbelief and get it in faith. This is how you become mature. This is how you become strong that you would lack nothing in the times to come. The other one is Philippians 4, 6, and 7 for me. It's that uh, um, don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So the, I always tell people, look, before you're trying to get the answer, get the peace. You need to get peace in your life so that you can actually understand the will of God so then that you can get the answer. Sometimes we're trying to get the answer, but it's not actually the answer that God has for our life. So we need peace more than we need our answer. Does that make sense? Hopefully we, this, is a, this was a good one, a good nugget here. <laughs> get this, that we need peace more than we need an answer. Once we have his answer, his, his understanding, his will, then we walk into that. Then we step into that. But without the peace, you're not going to get his understanding. So these are things that strengthen us that, and, and strengthen others that we can use to say, hey, I'm going to strengthen you in this. You're walking in fear right now. But it says that, that we, don't, we don't operate in a spirit of fear, but we operate in a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and that spirit of a sound mind. So we're going we're gonna to get out of that spirit of fear because that's over, that's over on the enemy's side we're going to want to walk on the kingdom side. Um, and so, so Jonathan did this. In 1 Samuel 23, uh, verse 15, it says, While David was at Horesh in the desert of Zip, he learned that Saul had come to take his life. Here's the king, come to take his life. I'm sure David was like, ah, that was the roar of the lion. And so what happened was Saul's son, says Jonathan, went to David at Horesh, and he helped him find strength in God. So David actually needed help in that season, in that time. And, and Jonathan says this. He says, don't be afraid. <laughs> this is what we need to say. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful in this time. Don't operate in a spirit of fear. And then he says, my father saw will not lay a hand on you. Why could he say that? Because he knew the promise over David's life to be king. And he says right after that, you will be king over Israel. This is Jonathan the son of Saul, who's really supposed to be king, and he's telling David, you're going to be king. You're going to be set up as king. And, uh, and he's, it's, he's prophesying the word of God over his life, and he's strengthening him. And that strengthened David in that time. Uh, so we can strengthen ourselves. The second thing that he does after he's strengthened there, this is so cool. What he does is now he's strengthened in the Lord. Now he knows the will of God. And what does he do? Then he goes and he prays. He says this, he inquires of the Lord. So that's in, in verse uh, 7. It says he goes to the priest there and he says, bring me the ephod. And he brings it to him and David inquires of the Lord. So now he's actually praying to the Father. He's saying, okay, God, I know your will over my life. I know your plans over my life. Now, what do you want me to do? What is, how do I step into your will and walk in your ways? And, and, uh, and he asks, he says, shall I pursue the, the raiding party and will I overtake them? And the answer is pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Here's the thing we need to do. We need to inquire of the Lord in all that we do. That second step is so important that we don't just make the assumption that we know the will of God, that we know his plans, that of course this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to go to him every time and ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do in this time and in this season? What am I called to do? And when he said, you will overtake them, there was a faith to step out to move mountains. And they took, even they had 600 men and two of them were like, I'm too tired. <laughs> so he only had 400 men. And this is the cool part, is they go and they fight the battle for, it's a 24-hour battle and they fight. And here's the cool part, they destroy them. They, they defeat them. And it says that they were all destroyed, all but 
400 young men who rode away on camels. What's interesting, David only had 400 men. The whole battle they fought for an entire day, and then there were 400 men that actually left at the end. So here, like you see how great the Lord is in this, that even the the men that left, it it was an army that was as great as the initial army that that David had. And uh, yet, David defeated the entire army, and he got everything back. Um, The third part was, and I kind of jumped ahead, but you trust and you walk in obedience. So in that, as inquiring of the Lord, the third part is actually now, this is what the Lord says. He had to actually step out in faith and say, okay. There was obviously, we don't know the number of men that he had to fight of the Amalekites, but it was more than 400 because after 24 hours, there were still 400 that left. Um, so they went in and fought a larger army and defeated them. Why? Because that was the plan of the Lord and they walked in faith. And so there was, it's that place of trust in the Lord uh, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, know the Lord, know his will, his plans, his purposes, and then he'll cut your path. He'll make your path straight. He'll lead the way and he'll fight the battle. So I just want to say, regardless of whatever situation that you're facing right now, whatever Whatever thing that's before you, whatever army that's in front of you, whatever mountain that's, that's overwhelming you right now, I want you to realize that God has a plan to get you through it. And, and your first step is to strengthen yourself, to strengthen yourself in the Lord, to worship him, to lift him high, to get into the word and say, God, I need to know your will. And, and let me say, Again, big difference in stepping into God's will and, and, and asking God to construct like his will to match up with your plan. We, a lot of times we're, we're so focused on God, what's the plan in my life? What do you have for me? And, and we need to get out of that, that self-focused um, kind of selfishness of it's not about us, it's all about him. The, the river is over here and we're like, God, this is where I am What's the plan for my life? And God says, no, it's not about your plan. It's about his plan. And when you step into his plan, when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he'll give you everything you need and he'll cut your path straight. When you seek first your stuff, we were talking about this the other day. A lot of times we're like, well, God, what's the plan like as far as do I, like, do I buy this house or do I buy this car? Or do I take this job or do I do those things? And I feel like the Lord's like, no, you're missing the point. Those aren't the things that you focus on. Yes, you move forward in life. You do these things. The focus isn't like, Lord, do I do this? Do I do this? Do I do that? The focus is, I need to do your will. What's your will right now? And his will is that we actually expand the kingdom. His will is that we, that we it's, it's, the, it's uh, Matthew 28. Um, I'll just read it because it's easier to read. than. But this is his will. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely then I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So there is a, there is a call. It, there's also a call to love one another. Like we step into his righteousness, we step into his kingdom, and then actually he gives us everything we need. So realize that there is a difference between going, God, I need to know what's the will in this and this and this. Uh, That's the things in your life. 
You need to actually step into the things, his will, and he'll show you all those other things. He'll give you all those other things. It's a backward, we say, we say well, if you show me these things, then, I'll, then once I have this stuff in place, then I'll do your will. And he says, no, you do my will, and I'll bless you in your things. It's a different mentality. So strengthen yourself in the Lord. The second is inquire the, of the Lord. Pray. Well, inquire and pray knowing now what his promises is over your situations. And then begin to fight the battle. Now step out in faith, trusting because he's told you what to do. And here's the thing is he doesn't call us to fight the battles, but he calls us to stand therefore, to stand firm. And he goes, and I will fight your battle. That's, it's, it's in so many different places. But Second Chronicles 20 is the one that, that I just feel is, is uh, it's with Jehoshaphat, and it's so good. Um, it's just that... The armies before them, and in uh, in verse 15, or verse seventeen, it says, "You will not have to fight this battle, but take up your positions and stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you." There are some things we do have to do. We we step up and we stand in that place and. Uh, but the Lord will fight our battles. Even when David went in and fought, the Lord fought the battle for him. He took his position. But if he would have done it in his own might against the Amalekites, they would have lost the battle. But when we take our position and we stand firm, the Lord begins to fight the battles for us. And, but it's knowing his will first. And you see it in so many other situations. You see it with Esther when she steps in and, uh, and she's like, and I will go before the king and if I die, I die. Because she was in a place where, where she was stepping into something that she knew it was against the law to come before the king and ask for something uh, without the king actually extending the scepter. But, but uh, she steps in at a time when it was for such a time as this and says, I will do it. I will go. And if I die, I die. And the crazy part is, is after she had prayed and fasted for three days, she steps in. And before she even asks the question, the king says, what is it, Esther? Up to half the kingdom I will give you. And so there is, there is this place when we step into the calling of God, there is amazing things that he will do uh, beyond our own imagination. It's what we were praying at the beginning here uh, in Ephesians 3. There is things that we will see that are beyond our wildest dreams. Joseph, when he, here he is, he's, uh, he's a prisoner for Pharaoh and he's in there for 13 years. But he was there for such a time as this. And in one day, he goes from being a prisoner to being second in command over the most, most powerful nation on the earth. In one day. And he, gets, he actually is given the signet ring of the king. And he says, I place you in control over the entire nation of Egypt. And with the exception of the throne. So the Pharaoh kept the throne, but he said, you have everything else. Bef the day before, he was in the prison. But there are those, sometimes we go, well, Lord, I'm down here in the prison. I'm grumbling and complaining. He says, no, get to know my will. Get to know my plans and walk in those things. And the day will come. You get prepared. I will prepare you for the time that you will rise and you will shine and the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Let me just say one more. That was good. I love it. I'd be clapping if I had two hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, when we were talking about this message, 
one of the things that stirred in my heart is so similar to what he's saying and just going to say it a little different way is that the Lord will accomplish his will on this earth. He will see his will accomplished. And as we see in the stories, so many stories, the one with Esther stands out to me is that his Mordecai comes to her and says, if you choose not to go forward this day, the Lord will raise up another to accomplish my will. So the, we have this beautiful invitation yeah. to step into the will of God, to see his will accomplished on earth and to partner with him and take that adventure. Or we can shrink back and we can and be, walk in fear and we can say, oh, no, Lord, I'm not capable, not able. And, you know, we saw a little bit of that with Moses. Oh, I can't speak. But the Lord was gracious, and he says, no, I'm, I want to accomplish my will, and I want to do it with you. And he wants to do it with each one of us. And so much of that is that stepping out in faith, having the faith to link arms with the Lord, let go of our fear, remind ourselves who the Lord is, strengthen our hope, strengthen our courage in him, and then and advance in obedience, saying, okay, Lord, this is what your will is. Your will is your kingdom to come is that those would, that are lost would be coming back into the family. So I just wanted to That's share good. that the Lord will consistently um, put his will before us as an invitation, and we could decide whether we want to step into it or we want to turn and, and worry and fear and all those kinds of things. So, Yeah, and I want to encourage you, step into his will. And it's so good. And it may be scary. It often is scary. You look at, I mean, almost... Every situation where, where the greats <laughs> stepped into his will, it was scary. You got Daniel going into the lion's den. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepping into the fire. You got, uh, you got you know, David coming before uh, a giant, and then David coming before the, you know, his, his, his entire village and his family being taken. Um, and there are times where we go, it doesn't make sense. But the thing is, is our security is not in what we see, but it's in the unseen reality. It's in that hope that we actually stand in. And we say, God, we're going to understand your will. We're going to know your will. So wherever you are, I'm going to ask you just to stand up right now. And uh, we're just going to close with this. I want to pray this, this, this uh, in Ephesians 5. Lord's had us in so many scriptures, and so I've just been kind of, I know, rattling some things off, but... Uh, Paul says this, and I believe this is our season, this is our time. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Begin to know the will of God in your life, and Christ will actually shine on you. The glory of the Lord will rise upon you. It says, be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. That means not with our thoughts, but with his thoughts. Not with our ways, but with his ways. For he is wisdom. When we walk in our own ways and we look at our own things and we're glancing out at the things of this world, it's the unwise things. He has the only wisdom. He is wisdom. And then it says, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, Lord, I pray that, that in this time, in this season, Lord, that, that our security, our sanity would not be in what we see in front of us, 
We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And that faith is that unseen reality, that supernatural reality, which supersedes the reality that we see on this earth. That we, as kingdom children, have the ability to take the inheritance we have even now and speak life into situations where there's death. To speak hope into situations where there's hopelessness. To speak peace into situations where there's despair and anxiety and fear. So, Lord, I thank you that in this season we will not be foolish. We will understand what the Lord's will is for our life. The next verse, it just says, don't be, don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, which actually the Greek word is, it's wastefulness. Don't waste our lives in this time. Don't waste our lives just getting drunk and drunk in the things of this world. It's, it's not necessarily like drunk on wine, although don't get drunk on wine. <laughs> but it's don't get drunk in the things of this world. Don't waste your life away in this time. We have one life to live on this earth. And our job is to give him all the glory in all that we do. The last part, it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we allow the Spirit of God to fill us, not just indwell in us, but actually to fill us by strengthening ourselves in the Lord, by inquiring of the Lord and praying, and by walking out in faith the things that we have, that overflowing of the Spirit will impact the world around us. So, Lord, I thank you for the impact that we are going to have as we shine like stars in the universe and hold out our hand with the word of life. But I pray right now for every person in this place, and I, in this place, in that place, I ask that you would anoint us by the power of your spirit to walk in your ways, to understand your will, to not be so focused on our things and focused on our stuff and focused on, Lord, how do I get this and how do I get that and how do I, what's my next step here and what's my next step there? Lord, I thank you that we actually step into your river, your plan, your purpose. We walk in those ways. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, Lord, that they would know you now. I just want you just, if that's you, I just feel right now that I just, I just want to give you this opportunity. I want to stop right here and just say, I don't want you to click off of watching this without actually having the opportunity to receive Christ. And I would love, if, if that's you, if you've never accepted Christ or if you're rededicating your life, I want to know this and I want to pray with you in person. Would you just, if you could email, just mail at therock.org and I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you, but I just want you to repeat this. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are life, that you're the way, the truth, and the life. And I surrender my life to you right now. I give you all that I have. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I step into your will now. I thank you that you are my Lord and you are now my Savior. And I will live for you from this day forward. I will live according to your plans and your purposes. I will be a light because you're a light and you will shine in me. 
So thank you for new life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So if that was you, if you just accepted Christ, if you rededicated your life, man, we just want to, we want to celebrate with you. So we're going to, we're just going to end just with a worship song, if we could. Just, I think, just allow the Lord just to minister to your heart. And if if there's any fear right now, if you're operating in any place of fear, release it to Him as you worship Him as you just give this to him right now and ask the Lord for his will over every situation that you face. God bless you guys. I pray that you have an amazing week. I pray that you now take this word, this play, and execute it throughout the week. God bless you. I love you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. No, my days have been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God.
spend some time maybe this evening just praying over each other, asking the Lord for, for His will in your life. That you would step into His will, though. Just know His will. Step into those things. There are promises that He has over each of you. Begin to declare those things in your family. I would say for those in the workplace, maybe that are in fear, that don't know Jesus, that are operating in the spirit of fear, that just don't have that peace that we can actually have. Would you encourage them and strengthen them and maybe pray for them and, and, uh, and let them know that there is a peace that they can have, that they can hold on to. I'm telling you, the Lord is moving on hearts right now. Opportunities are there, and we want to make the most of every opportunity in this season and in this time. So God bless you.